Coming up in Need to Know, the sun shifts into Taurus, and we have the lowdown. In all the fields, we celebrate Earth Day and remind our species to keep its grubby hands off the other worlds. And in Gotta Do, podcaster Blake Rowley joins us to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race and the importance of placing intentionality on friendships. The podcast that encourages you to know, feel, and do to live your best life. This it's Warden Webster. Come on for long dramatic pause. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How you doing? And I'm going to get it right today. Today's episode of Warden Webster is brought to you by the letter I. I am feeling imaginative, idealistic, and infinite. You could have said immaculate. Why do you always try to come for how I'm feeling? You can say that too. You can do this every week, you know, friend. This is it's kind of my, my thing. <laughs> it's one of my favorite descriptors that starts with an I because it means perfect. I could also be impulsive and indiscreet. <laughs> you could <laughs> you could. absolutely could I have. Um, this was one of those weeks bianca where uh the events where real life events followed dovetailed nicely on our episode from last week so Perfect. literally last week i was telling our government look hey girl hey you need to make these mass mandates a recommendation and not a requirement because people are sick of this and then a federal judge, granted one appointed by Donald J. Trump, came out and said, yeah, I'm done with this and struck the whole thing down. And then the next day, Uncle Jojo was like, look, wear it if you want. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and then the city of Philadelphia, week before last, they put their mass mandate, mandate back into place. And now this week they have decided, you know what? That was wrong of us, so we're going to let it go. So they have now taken their mask mandate back as well. So now, now, Bianca, we are officially back to, you don't have to wear anything. Just go out there, do your thing, and hope for the best. But I heard, but I think this morning, I was hearing that LA was like, nope, keep your things on. I had not heard that. Was this, yeah. was this in indoor spaces? I think in transportation. In trans indoor spaces and transportation, I think. Okay, I had not heard that. Now, the Justice Department is going to file an appeal to the to the federal judge's order striking the mass mandate down. However, they are doing it on jurisdictional grounds. So in other words, they're arguing it was not your place to do this, even though we may agree with you doing it, we would prefer this come from the CDC and from the government mm -hmm. and not you. So on those grounds, Bianca, that's why they are going to file the appeal because they want to make sure that the CDC has the ability mm -hmm. to put a mass mandate in place two months from now if that's what they feel like they need to do it's just a lot of uh yeah because now they're just at adding to the confusion <laughs> of all of the things but i put out a wonder poll that's what i'm calling it on wednesday a wonder poll cute right on ig just to see what the see what the folks were saying so the choices were, are you freeing your face or keeping your mask in place? You like how I did that? 
there's always a rhyme because I'm fun. 85% of our wonders said they were keeping their mask in place. 15% say they are freeing that face. <laughs> now, if I had to guess, anyone following us on social media probably is a very progressive person. <laughs> And this goes back to the politics of it. So I've been following a lot of, obviously I follow mostly progressive people online. And I tell you all week, they've been in airports and on planes showing, oh, they've been taking a selfie saying, oh, I'm wearing my mask. I don't care what people say. And Valerie Jarrett did it. Um, a bunch of people were doing it. Mm. And if I'm being honest, Bianca, I don't understand what that's about. Like no one's telling you, you can't wear a mask. If that's what yeah. you want to do, do it. Exactly. Why are you taking a picture being like, yeah, I don't care. I'm wearing my mask anyway. Because you know why I say this? Two years ago when the conservatives were not wearing masks and putting <laughs> selfies out, we were calling them trash. <laughs> Dragging them for the filth. <laughs> so here's my question. I, I understand you did the poll and I'm glad you're engaging the wanders on social media. But why can't people just wear their mask and let it be? Why do they need to wear a mask and then take a picture and then put it on social media and try to drag people who choose not to wear one? That's what I don't understand, Bianca. Because we live on social media and social media is also like the, the what is it, court of public opinion. So people just feel like the same way we are taking pictures of our meals and posting them, even though they might look yuck and they're on like a bent up paper plate. Like it's just... <laughs> All of the things that we constantly do, we, we, our whole life, our opinions, our values, our political stance is out there in the open all of the time. Just take care of yourselves and each other, in the words of Jerry Springer. <laughs> of all people, what do we have to do a whole, we should do a whole segment on Jerry Springer. Just... <laughs> just icon <laughs> you you have raised that name several times on this show have I? i'm starting to think that you like jerry springer i, I feel like the that's the first time i've mentioned it so calm oh, down oh, no 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 you've mentioned it before really okay so we can go i will review the tapes um <laughs> he uh what a time former mayor he's lived uh just what a story <laughs> I would love to explore that. And just the history of daytime television. Like, I want to talk about Sally Jesse Raphael. I want to talk about Phil Donahue. I want to talk Ricky about Lake. Jenny Jones. Ricky, like, come on, Ricky Lake. So y'all know, if you listen to this show any amount of time, you know, if we say we want to do something within the next two to three weeks, you're going to get it. So be on the lookout for a segment on classic daytime TV. Yes. Let's go. In this week's Need to Know, our recurring segment, Where is the Sun, returns, and we tell you everything you need to know about the sun entering Taurus, the bull. So, Bianca, are you, where's the sun this week? Are you happy that this segment is back? This is the second time we're doing it. I'm really excited. I cannot, I'm, we're going to get through all of these other smaller zodiac signs, but I'm hoping that when <laughs> Capricorn comes through, I feel like I want you to bring out chimes and bells. I feel like, <laughs> you know, just an air of radiance that happens. But yes, Taurus, and I know so many. So a couple of reminders and caveats here at the top of the show. If you haven't listened to the Zodiac episode, which I believe was episode number 24, go back into our episode history and listen to it. It's a great prerequisite for the conversation we're going to have today. For those of you who are in the know, you already are aware that Taurus runs from April 19th to May 20th. Um, it is the bull, as I mentioned in the opener. It is an earth 
fixed sign and its ruling planet is Venus. Ooh, great planet if you don't have to worry about those clouds. So that's just the, the general lowdown on Taurus. Now, as it relates to this particular segment, where is the sun is all about how all of us can utilize the particular position of the sun as it, as it is today to live our best lives. And so even if you aren't a Taurus, this segment is all about how you interact with them over the next month, which is, you know, their time and how you can get the most out of your life over the next um, period of Taurus. Bianca, later in this segment, I'm going to talk about how not all of the signs are of equal uh, length, and a lot of people don't know that. So we're going to get into that, and we'll also get into some famous Taurus people. There's some great uh, Tauruses on this list. I was stunned when I saw this list, but we're going to get to that. First, before we do any of that, let's talk about how we're going to get along with these Taurus people. So as usual, I have tons of resources that I'm referencing here. I think there's three different articles. Bianca and I will share them on Twitter this week, so you will have all of this information. But just some general Taurus traits that you want to be aware of, um, and these are the bullet it's at the top of the article from uh, Cost Astrology, Bianca. I uh, see it. And the first one tickled me. Because... Just likes, just wants to cuddle. Taurus just wants to cuddle. So keep that in mind. They're also homebodies. They are all or nothing, no in between. They like to wear the same outfit every day. <laughs> and they hate big changes. Bianca, do you know any Taurus people? And does this relate? Does this, yes. does this fit? <laughs> That's why I am dying and I am not going to name any names, um, but I am thinking of one in particular and my word <laughs> to a T. I think this this wears the same outfit every day is interesting. And do they do that because they hate big changes and therefore changing their clothes would be too much? I think so. It's It, it, <laughs> it all kind of rolls in together. Um, they like consistency. You know, they don't want to be, you know, they don't like a whole lot of change. And so I think when you find something that kind of works for you, you often hear people say, you know what, I know I eat the same thing. I know I do have the same routine, but it works for me. And so I'm just going to stick with what I know works. That is quintessential Taurus. Like if it's not broke, don't fix it. It doesn't need, you doesn't need fixing. You know what I mean? Hold on. The best careers. Are you going to read the best careers for Taurus? Go ahead. <laughs> the best careers for a Taurus are <laughs> Hermit in the Woods wall to bump up against, <laughs> food blogger, sleep study participant, and sweatpants model. <laughs> this is a level of petty that I cannot handle. But again, yeah, I once, when I think of... <laughs> I, ab absolutely. I once dated a Taurus, and when mm. I tell you he could have been a sweatpants model, I would have bought the sweatpants. And so, yes, this is very them. What were you about to say? <laughs> were they gray sweatpants? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I don't know where she has no home training. Y'all, I apologize. We're going to just move right along. So there's this great article, Bianca, from refinery29.com. And again, I'll be sharing this with the Wanders. And it says, this Taurus season, treat yourself. I just want to read the very first paragraph of this story, Bianca, because it'll, it'll tell you everyone what it's giving. If Aries season was all about going, 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 Taurus season will be all about taking it easy. On April 19th, the sun will leave the sign of the ram and enter into the, into the sociable sign of the bull, bringing us a more relaxed vibe to the world. Taurus is also a true material girl, growl, 
what is that? G W O R L. Girl. Taurus is also a true material girl. <laughs> so let yourself indulge in the riches of life for the next month. It's time to treat yourself. I mean, so here's the thing. Even if you're not Taurus, what this paragraph is telling us is that this is the time to lean into relaxation and treating yourself. That is right up the alley of this podcast, Bianca Ward. Yes, I, I love this. And it's nice because... Um, I will definitely be intentional about that. You know, the weather is is breaking. It's finally springish out here in these streets, even though like yesterday and a half was winter. <laughs> um, so it, make, it makes me think about like how, yeah, I want to treat myself, how I want to enjoy um, kind of this, this spring situation. Hmm. 100%. So as it relates to all signs, remember that over the next month, that's what you really need to be leaning into is leaning into relaxation, leaning into treating yourself. This is the, this is the month to do that. That is what the universe is telling all of us to do. Um, and as it relates to Taurus, give them the space to kind of do those things because it's especially important for them. Let's get into Bianca, some of the famous Taurus folks. I'm just going to read from this list. I was stunned. All of these people were born under Taurus. Karl Marx, Malcolm X, Audrey Hepburn, William Shakespeare, James Brown, Grace Jones, Mr. T, and John Waters. Now, if that's not a great list of people, I don't know what is. I, I, no. Be no, the answer is no. Grace Jones exudes Scorpio energy to me. <laughs> you know what? We need to do her chart. We haven't seen her chart. Maybe she has a Scorpio moon. I okay. don't know, but she is a, she's a Taurus. Now, it's interesting that you find that surprising. I do. Um, and then also, you know what? I would love to know the zodiac signs of all of our, especially our great leaders, because I know when we talk about Aries, when we've talked about Aries in the past, just about how they they tend to be those those charismatic leaders. Um, and so when I think of, yeah, so then when I think of Malcolm X, I was like, hmm, not an Aries, but it's, I wonder if he's on the cusp. Again, let's run Cusps the charts. aren't really real, but um, oh, we, we've word. already covered that in the Zodiac episode. <laughs> Bianca, scroll down in this very same article under the heading Taurus in Love, Sex, and Romance, because I want to yes. tell the wonders how they can get into the pants or the panties of Taurus. <laughs> Or neither. <laughs> or neither. <laughs> so here's how you seduce Taurus. And we're gonna we have three tips based on what the universe tells us. <laughs> Number one, invite them to a picnic in a secluded grove. Make sure the spread is substantial and the wine is high quality. Mm. Mm. So in other words, feed them and don't give them no cheap shit. <laughs> <laughs> Spend that money. Didn't we already talk about them being materialistic? <laughs> They want treat to yourself. Treat, treat yourself. yourself. Okay. Number two, say these words, quote, I'm just looking for someone to settle down with. They mm. will be all up in yo draws. Because they want to, but we also said they're homebodies. They're homebodies and they want to cuddle. So when you tell them you just want to settle down, they are wet and ready. Number three, <laughs> move in with each other after two weeks of dating. Now, as an Aries person, that sounds crazy to me. I'm going to let Bianca handle this because she's a little bit more level-headed. <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> so 
I don't know. And again, I wonder if that goes, um, I th but isn't that contradictory though for them? Like not also not wanting, liking big changes because I would think that that is a, a huge change for them to be homebodies and wanting to cuddle, et cetera. And then after two weeks, wanting to invite somebody in their space. I think that's interesting. I find it a little bit uh, contradictory myself. And I don't know that two weeks is enough time for anybody to be doing anything. I, I don't believe, obviously it's never happened to me. I don't know if I believe in love at first sight and we're going to get mm. married next week because we met this week. Oh, no, 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 no. I need to see you in every season before I do anything with you. That's just me. Now I have trust issues, obviously. <laughs> we Maybe know this. someone who doesn't have trust issues could do that. But they are also one of the other traits too. Um, they are all or nothing, no in between. So what better way to demonstrate that than to say, okay, we knock on date, we are shacking up right now. I'm, I, I, I'm here for the all over the placeness of them. <laughs> also, this this um, article, we need to make sure we're doing this for all of the signs because the how to seduce. <laughs> Let's make sure that in every where is the sun, we include We're the telling how, people to how, how to get the things for that particular sign. I love it. We want to shift to a conversation around all of the signs and how they're not exactly precise. So I think most folks know, if you're familiar with the 12 signs, that they're all roughly divided um, 30 days each. And we did this, we meaning astrologers did this so that it would fit nicely into our contemporary calendar. Um, I don't think this will come to a surprise to anyone who knows a whole lot about the universe that this is inaccurate. Number one, uh, because everything moves in the universe, the stars shift position. And because the zodiac is based on our view of the, of, of the zodiac behind the ecliptic plane, everything kind of shifts over time. So the sign that you were when we first created the zodiac has probably shifted once or twice since then. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the constellations in the ecliptic, which is what we look at as we move around the sun, there are 13 constellations in the zodiac. We'll get to what happened to the 13th one. And Bianca, they're all different sizes. And so because of that, the sun moves through some of them faster than others. And so these signs are not actually all the same length. For example, um, the sun moves through Aries in 25 days and it moves through Taurus in 38 days. The reason is, is because the constellation that makes up Taurus is larger than the constellation that makes up Aries. Does that make sense? Yes. So when you mentioned earlier that you mentioned the cusp and the two-day thing, and I kind of said the cusp really don't exist, it's important to acknowledge that the since the constellations are all different sizes, we've kind of made the signs fit neatly into these month-long increments, when in actuality, the constellations are a lot bigger than that. Just want to let people know how long they actually are. So I just gave you the first two. The, the Gemini constellation, it takes the sun 30 days to move through it. It takes the sun 21 days to move through Cancer. It takes the sun, I'm sorry, 37 days to move through Leo. It takes the sun 44 days to move through Virgo. It takes the sun 23 days to move through Libra. It takes the sun just seven days to get through Scorpio. We'll come back to Scorpio. Um, it takes the sun 31 days to move through Sagittarius. It takes the sun 28 days to move through Capricorn. 
It takes the sun 24 days to move through Aquarius, and it takes the sun 38 days to move through Pisces. So Scorpio is a very small constellation from our vantage point here. And so if you were to literally look at the sun moving through that constellation from our vantage point on Earth, you would actually finish looking at it in one week. But because one week is significantly shorter than everything else, what they've done is that they just kind of... Um, leveled it out and given it the same amount of time as they give to everyone else. If you want to be really specific, the actual uh, Scorpio uh, time that it takes the sun to move through Scorpio is November 24th through November 30th. So that is the actual Scorpio pathway that the sun takes if you wanted to be super, super specific about it. So if, you, if you're thinking, oh, I'm a Scorpio, but I don't feel like a Scorpio, or if you want to say you're a quote unquote real Scorpio, folks born between November 24th and November 30th, those folks are true Scorpio because they were born in the seven days that it actually takes the sun to move through the constellation. I am looking at this chart and um, I don't want to be a Sagittarius. <laughs> Um, I I just, I don't know. I'm a Capricorn. It's fine. Um, just, just looking at these dates. Okay. Why, why are we acting like we just skipped over? What's Ophicius, Ophicius, the serpent bear? The serpent bear. So that's the 13th sign. And again, uh, the 13th sign was eliminated because we were trying to fit, we, astrologers were trying to fit the Zodiac into this neatly 12-month calendar, but there's actually 13 signs. This sign is from December 1st through December 18th. It's 18 mm. days long. Obviously, it's between Scorpio and Sagittarius. So, Bianca, essentially what they did was took out the 13th sign and gave those days to Scorpio. <laughs> If you want to just be 100 about it, that's what they did. And it was convenience because yeah. they wanted 12 signs to match 12 months. Got you. But now I'm curious. Like now I want to, how do you pronounce it? Ophicus? Oh, oh, oh. Now, you know, I'm horrible at pronouncing I know. Shit, I, I think will I spell pro- it real I, quick. I pronounce it Ophicius. Ophicius. Nope. Probably not. <laughs> but it's O-P-H-I-U-C-H-U-S. We and have that some is the- smart wanders. They will give us the pronunciation. Please do. They are. And that is the serpent bearer. That mm-hmm. sounds scary. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's just good that we just skip that all together. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and if, you know, I don't know that there's, I'm not, I'm, I may, I want to just give this disclaimer. I don't know that there's anything wrong with collapse and Scorpio and this sign together and just having the traits be double what they otherwise would have been mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. That's not the worst thing in the world. I think that if you're presented with an option of that and making it fit nicely into the, into our current calendar versus coming up with 13 somethings, I mean, I'm not, I probably would have made the same choice. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, no new friends. <laughs> um, any questions about Taurus before we uh, leave this discussion um, until we meet again on Where's the Sun? I'm excited about the next one. This was lovely. You just come in here and just drop these gems that, you know, make sense and things. Go ahead and lean into your gifts. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Earth Day was April 22nd. In this week's All the Fields, we celebrate and honor the Earth and we remind our fellow human beings that we have only one home and no right whatsoever to the other worlds. So Earth Day, picture it, Earth Day 2022. My timeline is filled (laughs) with people (laughs) taking their sun selfies (laughs) and just just basking in, in the Earth. 
when you uh, proposed this article or this arc um, about us wanting to colonize other planets, which I know we're going to get into later, I was like, that is not what I was expecting. I thought we were going to talk about how, you know, you've already said we're all going to die anyway. <laughs> um, we will be extinct. Um, how we love the planet, but we refuse to use those paper straws. Um, that's that's good. <laughs> what I was leaning to. But I am excited because again, the planets, the universe, this is your gem. But real quick for the folks who don't know, the purpose of Earth Day um, and our recommendations for celebrating. So Earth Day 2022 is focused on accelerating solutions to combat our greatest threat, climate change, and to activate everyone, government, citizens, and businesses to do their part. Google had, um, you know, on their like Google icons or whatever, a image that they have for like particular days, but they were showing, and I, I need to find where it was in the in the world, but into this day 2000, and it was like covered in like snow and ice compared to this day um, in 2022, and how it is like desert. So just again, the visuals, you know, the visuals are, um, are disheartening, but also very real, like you can't negate the fact that what once was icy tundra <laughs> is now a desert and that that alarms me. But like you say, we, this ain't ours. <laughs> yeah. So I think a couple of things. I think that just the, you know, the last time we spoke about this, I brought up, you know, the, the, the orders of magnitude of time that's required to really have this conversation. And I think a lot of people just simply can't comprehend literally the amount of time that's required to like build into the conversation. So to me, it's two things. As someone who spins, so much time thinking about the universe and the origin of the earth and the evolution of the earth. I love Earth Day. What I don't love about Earth Day is that it's boiled down to, you know, climate change. And when you read the focus of this year, it's basically all about climate change. And to me, Earth Day is, is way more than that. Like, like, why does every single thing about Earth have to be have to be boiled down to climate change? To me, that's a very narrow view of what it means to honor and celebrate planet Earth. I think it also, but I think it kind of reflects the idea of, yes, all of the things that we love about Mother Earth and and, and the planet. And just a reminder, <laughs> due to climate change and, and the way we're carrying on, we might not be able to continue to enjoy the things we want to enjoy. So before we get into the future of the earth and possibly colonizing other worlds, I did want to talk, Bianca, a little bit about how we celebrate Earth Day if we do. And, and just for myself, you know, I always like to share information about, um, uh, about not only this planet, but the entire system. Yesterday, my friend Josh on our group text made some joke about Uranus because the weather channel had mentioned Uranus. And I took that as an opportunity to talk about the satellites of Uranus. Uranus has five beautiful satellites. Two of them um, are really conducive for life. They have a lot of water and a lot of um, rich chemicals. Oberon in particular is my favorite. And so I just kind of took license to talk to my friends about the satellites of Uranus and they were rolling their eyes. I was gonna say, you were the one ruining the freaking group chat. Like they want to chuckle about how it's Uranus. 
Yes. And you're like, but however, you know who you are. You're the kid. <laughs> no, this is you. You are the kid in class when everybody's packing up and getting ready to, to be dismissed. You're the one saying, but do we have any homework? And just <laughs> ruining the good time. So for me, Earth Day, I like to celebrate it by sharing facts about the planet and about the system that people would never even think about. And, and while we're making fun of Uranus's name, let's talk about those moons because they are stunning. And while we're on this subject, they're often overshadowed by the satellites of Saturn and Neptune um, for a variety of different reasons, and they should not be overshadowed. Uranus is often considered the boring planet because it doesn't have rings. It doesn't rain diamonds like on Neptune. So everyone's like, oh, Uranus, what, what you got? She is a beautiful world and, um, and we need to like explore her just like we do the other gas shines, but whatever, that's, we'll do a whole show. <laughs> Damn it. We'll do a whole show. <laughs> Which one is raining diamonds? What is this? So Neptune rains diamonds. Do you want to know? Cause I could spend the next 10 minutes telling oh, you about shit. it. <laughs> we could do a whole show. <laughs> yes. So because of the pressure in the Neptunian atmosphere, uh, I forget which chemicals and gases are raining down, but the pressure is so immense that it pressurizes the gases and the liquids uh, into diamonds and the diamonds fall from the sky. They land, uh, there's no really surface on Neptune, but they land into what would be like the, um, the, the liquid core. And then they're, they're kind of condensed and they go back up just like clouds do. And then they, the process repeats. And so diamonds rain down, they are absorbed back into the atmosphere and they rain down again. Isaiah, every now and then you speak and I'm like, he's really, how do you know this? Shit? Where do you put this next to your list of favorite bourbons, whiskeys, and men with hairy chests? Like, I just, how? I just like to read Bianca. I will share an article on how the diamonds on Neptune are created yes, and, and the process. And it's, it's kind of what Neptune is known for. <laughs> so I'm surprised you didn't know that. I did not. <laughs> But back to the question at hand, how do you celebrate Earth Day? Go outside. <laughs> you know, it is really, um, <laughs> um, you are motivating me to be more intentional. I think, I will say this, I think since the pandemic, and I'm probably sure that, that I'm not alone just based on what I've heard other people say, but there, because we couldn't quote unquote go anywhere, but kind of like outside, <laughs> just like walking in your parks or whatever. Um, there's just more of appreciation of of my trails, of the neighborhood parks, of um, waterfalls that are in and hiking things that are like in within driving distance or whatever, but or just in closer proximity that I think I've appreciated more in the past two years than I have the entire time <laughs> lived in the country, as you say. Um, there's no, most Americans live in the country. There's nothing wrong with rural America. <laughs> I don't know why you throw shade on it. I don't know why you she's call a where coast, I live. She's a coastal elite. I'm I'm down with the people. <laughs> I don't know why you call where I live rural and I call it hood adjacent. Anyway, so, <laughs> so I think for me, it is just a matter of um, literally being mindful, being intentional, and just spending more time outside. I love... I love being outside in a way that I don't think I ever have before. So 
but also thinking, sure, once every three months, I will use that terrible paper straw if I am <laughs> keeping straws. I was just about to ask you, are you still using plastic straws? Leave me alone. Keeping <laughs> straws out of turtle noses. <laughs> I think it's so funny how that image has become <laughs> the image about saving yeah. earth it's like you're not if you're not yeah. using uh plastic paper straws and somehow you're not or the not metal con- ones not concerned with the earth oh and those are those are even those worse are horrible and then they buck up against your teeth like i've heard they're like terrible for your teeth but here's the thing <laughs> i'm actually i'm okay with getting rid of plastic so that it can advance the 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 prosperousness of earth but I don't understand why we're why we have this attack on straws, but we don't have an attack on milk jugs. We don't have an attack on trash bags. We don't have an attack on Ziploc. The Ziploc people are just scot free. I use them I, all of the time. Why aren't we shutting them down? We are not literally um, Glade, Glide, whoever's. I mean, plastic, literally garbage bags. So, so that's my issue, Bianca. Is that. The folks who are so into making us aware about the straws, to me, that's such a small thing in the grand scheme of how pla- how we utilize plastic and how it contributes to uh, the decay of our planet. So to me, if we're going to really do it, let's do it. Let's get rid of all the plastics, the milk jugs, the sandwich bags, the trash bags, all the rest. And that would actually have an impact. But to just promote getting rid of straws and to make and to and to pin it on the turtles because who wants to harm turtles like it's just it's one of those symbolic nothings that doesn't mean anything like that that's it's so small and insignificant that it doesn't actually do anything it just makes people feel better but it doesn't actually impact the earth i'm sorry i said it And when you go to the bars and things, they're still giving out them little plastic stirs. As they should, because paper <laughs> straws are trash. <laughs> Can we talk about <laughs> They really are. When they start to like disintegrate, they're so gross. But every Mm-mm. now and then, there have been a few times I feel like I want to say is Starbucks. I don't know. There's a few fast food type places that I've gone that have been using like the the plant-based plasticky, plastic fake straws that I actually are like, that I like that they're made from, they're compostable? Is that the word? Combustible? No, I'm not. Like the compost? Compost. Yeah. They're compostable. I guess that would be the word. Y'all know we can't pronounce. Can can not. but there are a few places that have been using like those kind of straws that are like, they feel like plastic straws or they're just a little bit firmer. They hold up. I just don't want paper. Yeah. I, as so long as they can mimic the plastic straws, I'm okay with like, I don't have, they don't have to be plastic, but I don't want them to, to, to like wear down so quickly that before you get to half of your drink, the straw is limp and it's, you're tasting <laughs> the paper in your mouth. And it's just like, I'm like, oh no, this isn't, it's this. Um, Not a limp straw. I think the bigger issue, Bianca, is the the chemicals that we're putting into the air, the smog in a city like Los Angeles, where you can't even see the fucking sky because it's so, there's so many chemicals. Those are the things that really change the pH, if you will, of mother nature, ruins the atmosphere. And of course, the earth regenerates over time and can deal with that. But the amount of stuff that we're just putting into the atmosphere, it really shortens our lives. And we've talked about this before. So- the earth was here 
for four billion years before we even begin to begin to be arrived. And so long after we're gone, the earth will still be here. The question is, are we lengthening or shortening our species ability to live on earth during this era? And I would argue that we are shortening it by some of the decisions that we're making. Our decision to uh, to really proliferate nuclearly and to allow nuclear weapons to be a thing at the end of the day, Bianca, maybe not in our lifetimes, but I think at some point that's going to be the end of this civilization is because you can't at some point at down the line, those weapons are going to be used. We don't know when, we don't know how, and then that's going to be the beginning of the end of, of our species, I think. Um, and so the creation of those weapons, the way that we put so many chemicals in the air and the, and the, and the effects of that, that's a real thing. Now, when people say, you know, oh, it's so much warmer, it's so much colder, I think those are cyclical in a lot of ways. You know, ice ages are a thing, they come and they go. And I don't know really that we're doing all that much to damage Earth, so to speak, but we're doing quite a bit to damage our ability to live on Earth, um, given, you know, some of the things that we're doing. So let's talk about colonizing these other planets. <laughs> So Bianca, are you familiar with the concept of colonizing Mars and other planets? So no, well, okay. So I know that they're part of this um, space exploration, um, also known as rich men going to other planets <laughs> to spend <laughs> that, their that's money. That's part of it. That's it's, part of it. Um, <laughs> the idea of, you know, I've always heard about, can life be sustained on Mars? If we ruin this planet, can we go live somewhere else where we can ruin it as well? Because why wouldn't we? Um, and then us wanting to put our own flag on, on planets. Yeah, so that's essentially it. So we have the technology to begin to colonize other worlds. And I say other worlds because, you know, Mars is a world, our, our moon is a world. So, you know, colonization doesn't have to be a planet. It can be a satellite of a planet. It can be an asteroid even. Um, and so a lot of people are saying if, if human beings as a species really wants to be able to live forever, then we're going to have to get off this planet eventually and move somewhere else. Now, not to get too deep, I'm just going to give you all the shorthand of this. The sun is expanding slowly and slowly. And so as the sun ages, it gets hotter and bigger. And so the longer it goes, this planet becomes too hot to live on. And so we have to, we have to go to somewhere else or we have to move the planet out to a, to, a, to a more elongated orbit. There's actually ways to move the planet's orbit out. I'm not gonna get in, into that today. Suffice it to say, people are saying, okay, so if it's gonna get too hot to live here, we gotta go somewhere else. We have the technology, so let's go to Mars and take it over. And here's my problem with that. Let me ask you a question, Bianca. Let's say that you and the Ward family are sitting in your backyard enjoying a nice little cookout, some hot dogs and <laughs> iced tea, and some aliens from another world just drop down in your backyard and say, hey, girl, hey, we're here to colonize Hyattsville, and we need you to move. What would your response be to that? Oh, this sounds familiar, like when Columbus came <laughs> this world and mm -hmm. did the same thing mm -hmm. <laughs> so here's where here's my issue with this bianca just because we can go to mars and colonize it what right do we have as earthlings to go to mars and take it over that is not our planet and in the same way that if aliens came here and been like hey y'all we're here to take over i don't think that we would we would accept that <laughs> Does this make sense? 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, you should see her face. So, so my issue with this has always been, we don't have any right to Mars. That's not our planet. We don't have any right to any of the worlds. This idea that, okay, so this planet is fucked up and we've ruined it and it's gonna be ruined. So let's just go and ruin another one to your earlier point. What the fuck is that? <laughs> we have, the only planet we have a right to is Earth. We have no right to any other planet. And, I'm, and it bothers me that people have to be told that mm. because it, to me, it's an obvious thing. And I'm gonna draw the analogy. These white people in Europe, were, were over there, there was a whole nother, uh, a whole new world to use their, their vernacular. People were doing fine by themselves. They weren't bothering anybody. And then white people just decided, okay, we're here. We're just going to take it over. That part. So like, it's very much their spirit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> to just take something because they can. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm asking folks to do is to stop and think just because we may have the technology now, or we will have it in the future, what gives us the moral right mm. to any other world other than our planet and maybe our satellite, the moon? Other than that, I'm saying we don't have a right to any of these worlds. They're not ours. At all. But also, speaking of cookout, somebody's <laughs> grilling in my neighborhood. <laughs> and now I got to go walk around and see who it is. Sorry, I'm back. But I smell that charcoal, though, boy. But no, you are absolutely right. And I think, but also, so it also got me thinking that when you're talking about the sun expanding and it getting hotter and hotter, and that's why, you know, the idea of, okay, we need to leave and find somewhere else. That is going to be the ultimate um, display of have and have nots. Because regular poor people can't <laughs> afford to leave for Mars. We are staying right here to burn up. Who gets to go? If that is the case, who gets to go? Who is chosen to leave <laughs> and go move to Mars? Yeah, and that's that's the other. I mean, there's tons of things that have to be resolved. Obviously, no government here would be able to control what happens there. So Mars would have to govern itself. It's a whole other government. It's a whole other mm. system of laws. The Martian people, literally, the Martian people will have to decide for themselves what their government's going to be. I'll take it a step further. Earthlings named all of these worlds. It's possible that the people of Mars will want to be called something else. And I would argue that they have the right to decide what they're going to be called. <laughs> the fact that we're even calling them Martians, that's an earth thing. Yep. Mars gets to decide for itself what it's called. And so right down to the foundational level of this, human beings and people of earth just feel like, oh, well, we're going to call it Mars. We're going to call it Saturn. No, 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 no. That's what it's known here on these other worlds. None of that exists. That's not even, it's made up. So whatever life forms end up being on Mars, they decide what they're called. They decide what, how they're going to be governed and all the rest. They decide even if they're going to have a society and way of life that looks like this one. And who's to say that they have to? I mean, after all, it's another world. <laughs> Leave people's things alone. <laughs> that includes planets. <laughs> now, to bring it back to Earth Day, we, we acknowledge that we are putting chemicals in the air. We acknowledge that's within our control. We acknowledge that the sun's getting brighter and bigger. That's not within our control. And then we also acknowledge that maybe there's some moralistic reasons why we're not trying to colonize these other worlds. So given those three things, Bianca, what is the solution here? <sighs> Enjoy this planet while you can. <laughs> 
I'm so happy when you arrive. I'm so happy when you arrive to where I've already been. It's like when I got to the bus stop early and I'm like, where is B? <laughs> <laughs> that really, because when you put it that way, it's like, that's all we can do is just to be present in this moment. <laughs> to get out put your feet in a little bit of grass and be thankful that you could do that i think bianca that that's what the universe is trying to tell us and when you when you quiet your mind and you meditate and you really listen i think that that's what you hear and for me celebrating earth day and honoring earth day it's just that it's that this moment is is just that a moment it is not going to last forever it is a unique time to be alive. We are lucky and fortunate in so many ways. If our moon had not been created to stabilize the orbit and to, uh, you know, to stabilize the day, we probably would have never evolved to begin with. And so we're just lucky in, in all, in, in so many different ways. And so I, to me, all of this means you could spend your time trying to like move the planet or move to Mars. And there's, there's so many complications in that. Or you can just accept it for what it is. We're fortunate enough to be living in this time and let's just enjoy it while we can and do as do what we can do to protect the planet for our children and their children's children and hope that they make wise decisions with these weapons that we've created to not destroy themselves in the process. Mm, all of that. A word from Isaiah Webster III. The book of Isaiah. It is 66 chapters. I keep Ooh. telling y'all. <laughs> Come on. They Come thought on. they were they thought we were leaving it in that hallelujah episode. Nope. We're gonna infuse. <laughs> wait, can we get back? Wait. Because <laughs> you just took me there. That hallelujah episode <laughs> was a tickle. I said we talking about this here resurrection and these edibles. <laughs> It was so many things. And somebody um, slipped into our inbox and said that we should record um, an episode under the influence and see how that turns out. <laughs> that would be a hot ass mess. I love the idea. We could record it and see how it goes. We don't have to post it if it's if it's a complete shitty ass mess. Oh my God. We should do it in June when we're in California. Visit some dispensaries. <laughs> that is a great idea. It can happen. But you know, if I'm being honest, I think our whole cachet is stitching together episodes to, that talks about unrelated topics and <laughs> making them weave in and weave out. <laughs> in some way or another, it all makes sense. <laughs> As we prepare to talk about drag. <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> it all makes sense. And you're welcome. In this week's Gotta Do, we discuss being intentional about making new friends and nurturing the friends you already have. It's one of the 22 things you gotta do in 2022. Joining us is my friend and fellow podcaster, Blake Rowley. Blake, how are you? Greetings and salubrious salutations, friends. I am fantastic. How are you? <laughs> we are good. Before, so I, Blake and I go way back. I wasn't sure if if Bianca knew you, but she told me that y'all may kind of know each other on the socials or something, something. Our paths have crossed. And even I was hearing your name um, even before, I think, even, even, even before, <laughs> before the, before I actually met you, I was hearing wonderful, wonderful things about you. So I'm sad that we didn't get to work together, but 
still, our stars are always aligning. So Blake, um, I do want to talk a little bit about um, how I know you. Um, and uh, even though we don't talk about work on this show, I do want to reference work. So Blake and I used to work together. She left for, I guess, greener pastures, if you want to call it that. And Bianca and I currently work together. And I don't think y'all overlapped, correct? Y'all we did not. Did not. Okay. And at the time that Blake worked there, we were going through some issues with the, <laughs> with the dress code and just getting on the same page. And this queen came to work one day. <laughs> Blake, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I do. This queen came to work one day with a kilt on to make a point about how the dress code was not equitable. Now, as far as I know, Blake is not from Scotland. And <laughs> <laughs> you can straighten me out if you are. Can you just walk us through what possessed you to come in your professional, to your job in a, in a kilt? So first things first, I actually do have Scottish in me if we keep <gasps> the ancestry. So what I percent? do. Five. <laughs> um, but what possessed me, one was I, I generally don't like wearing pants. And so I was like, well, why can't I wear a men's garment to work that just happens to not be pants? And so I had asked the managers at the time and they were like, well, I don't know that that's quite appropriate. And I was like, well, I'll, if you slap my hand later, like after you see it, then you slap my hand. And so I was like, girl, I feel free on this bus, on this train getting to work. I feel free at work. <laughs> and this is comfortable and it's not like not outside of the gender sort of parameters that have been identified I think what I loved about it was that it was technically within the dress code because the kilt is is quite formal actually for men to wear um and so they could and and women were allowed to wear dresses in the office well and you know I shouldn't say women people are allowed to wear dresses in the office so like you got them and they had there was nothing to say really I just thought it was the gumption it took to like do that right after we had been talking about dress code I was like oh she's really <laughs> I would have loved to see Isaiah's face because Isaiah is always southern church auntie right with his definitions of professionalism what is and is not a blouse when it's appropriate having when you can have a nipple showing and not. So I would have just loved to, you better come in in a kilt. Do you own a variety of kilts? I have three or four, which I can okay. no longer fit because that was like six years ago. Okay. So okay. The waistline's a little bit different. For us all. Okay, so Blake, just to give you the background, at the beginning of the year, Bianca and I put together a list of 22 things you gotta do to live your best life in 2022. She contributed 11 and I contributed 11. One of the things I put on the list was being intentional. <laughs> There's that word again. That is not a word. <laughs> being intentional about making new friends. And so um, we've been spending a segment on each one of the 22 things. And I decided to invite you on for this segment. Now you might be wondering, why does Isaiah want to talk to me about this topic? First thing is, I haven't seen you in a long time until we talked a few weeks ago. And I was like, let me invite this bitch on because you are a great friend and I need to be intentional about carving out time for great friends. So that's how you ended up sitting here on this ship today. Well, thank you for, for inviting me. But I think it's a very appropriate apropos topic. <laughs> I think I, I was thinking the same thing at the beginning of 2022 about you and Xavier, who's a shared friend of ours. And I was like, you just have to be intentional 
about making sure that the people who are either in spaces where you are or who are a few miles apart from you, you do make that time to talk to talk because everyone's not always there all the time and people, you know, as we've seen in the past couple of years go. Um, so for people you have grown to love, you know, you want to make sure that they know that and that you continue to nurture those bonds. Now, when I met you, you lived in DC and then you moved to Philly a few years after we had known each other. How did you go about making new friends in Philly or, or did you? I guess I should start there. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very good question. <laughs> right, um, I will say like, you know, as, as gay men, you know, the first way we shake hands is not necessarily how we shake hands. Um, so that was kind of how I started making new friends. Uh, but <laughs> if you if you, if you know, you know. Um, that was kind of how I started making new friends. But then I had some some fraternity brothers who were here who were very intent about being like, you are new to Philly, I'm new to Philly, we have to hang out. And so those people kind of taught me what it was what it was like to kind of recreate friendships and particularly in spaces where you didn't know anybody. And then you know, the friend I just mentioned moved to Philly with his partner. And so, you know, he thought that when we worked together, I hated him and was again, very, uh, very strident about saying like, we're going to hang out. Like you're going to come over and do Easter. You're going to come over and do all these other things. So um, it kind of started, you know, in the bedroom and then escalated out of there. Um, but making friends after 30 is just very, very difficult. <laughs> so I'm still kind of figuring that out. I think you just made a really good point. Cause when I think about being kids, like just you're in these situations, that's my best friend. Like, it's just so, you know, it's, it's effortless. And I think, what is it about as we get older that, that you think makes it more difficult? I think, you know, as children, we kind of have these built-in social circles, right? Like they're the people who are on your block that you are forced to go hang out with until the streetlights come on. You know, you have high school where, again, you have built-in social spaces. And then for those people who do choose to go to college, you know, it's you have people who are in all of these dorms. Once you get out into like the real world, it's just a lot harder to like figure out how do we click? How do we gel? What makes us fit and so i think in your 20s because that's the time when you get to kind of screw up or whatever those friendships happen but at 30 which was when i moved to i moved to dc when i was 26 what am i talking about um you know you meet people like myself and isaiah who you know if i've always found it easier to be friends with people who are smart and so those types of relationships click naturally but outside of work it's like as particularly as a gay man, it's like, I'm trying to date you. I'm trying to have some friends, but like those pools kind of always overlap with people who you've slept with and who you're trying to be friends with. And so you have, you have your work friends and those people aren't always your real friends. Um, so I think it just gets trickier as you balance your life without having the built-in social circles that, you know, school kind of provides you. As you know, Blake, um, the DC Queens always throw shade on Philly as a city now that you've lived in dc and philadelphia um what's the assessment zero stars and i recommend <laughs> actually let me turn that back i would give it one star because i would i i really do not like dc so i would give dc zero stars philly can get a star and tell us why it's black 
Um, oh my God, DC is very black. What are you talking about? So DC is latte. Ooh, it is. We're not gonna have this colorism today, Blake. We are not doing this here. <laughs> but like Philly is black and blue collar. And so like I'm from Detroit. So like I'm used to black and blue collar. So it, it feels for all of the, the shit that people talk about feel like it feels like a place that feels more familiar than DC felt. So here's my my assessment, and this is no shade, because y'all know, uh, seriously, I find Philly and the people that live there to have an inferiority complex about being sandwiched between New York and D.C. And they really do feel some sort of way because we take the train and usually it's back and forth. So people from New York coming to D.C. and vice versa, and they're like, why don't y'all stop in Philly? And we're like, because it's dirty. Clean these dusty ass streets and maybe we might want to get off this train and have a cocktail. But but what it really is, in my view, is the idea that, oh, we can go to D.C., we can go to New York. These queens feel some sort of way about their cities and we're kind of caught in the middle. We don't really know what our space is and they feel some sort of way. Now, that is me saying that. I've never lived there. I hardly ever visit, as you know. So you can straighten me out if I'm oversaying it. No, I mean, that's, I, I think Philly and Baltimore, to some extent, have have a slight little complex about being, you know, an hour and a half in proximity from two of the, the biggest or ma- most major cities in the country. Um, and uh, there being significantly less to do in Philly comparative to New York is just like, well, why are you stopping here, right? Like what you, you, you must know somebody, um, but you're not coming here to hang out. I mean, although Philly Black Gay Pride is next weekend, so we will see an influx of folks for that. Oh, wait, you have a spare room, right? I do have a spare room, but I'm going to be in D.C. next weekend. <laughs> Are you literally escaping Philly Black Pride? <laughs> I am. Fair. Fair. <laughs> You're like, I don't even, I don't even want to be here for that. <laughs> okay. Can we, can we shift to Drag Race in this podcast? Um, so why, why am I just now learning that you have a whole podcast about a whole thing that you and I used to talk about religiously? Explain yourself. So it kind of happened by accident, like during pandemic, um, me and a group of friends were watching Drag Race on Zoom. And when I tell you for the past, since March, 2020, every Friday we have watched Drag Race because there has been an episode of Drag Race almost every other day for the past three, two years. Um, and so we have a friend, Maddie Rance, who is connected to a lot of drag queens and has a number of podcasts and review shows. And so he invited me and a couple other people to do essentially a review of the episode and like a critique of the runways and the girls and stuff like that. So we've been doing that for about a year and we'll actually be at DragCon in a couple of weeks with the table and merch, apparently. The one in New York? In LA. Okay, so you're going to, uh, you. oh, wow. Ooh, y'all got coin. Okay, so, and it's how many, how many co-hosts? Five, there are five of us total. Oh, so it's like the view of drag. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let me ask you this so the season 14 finale is tonight we're recording on Friday so when this comes out um, people will know the winner where do you stand on these five girls and is five too many because I know how I feel about it five is too many I think anything over three is like girl why are we here um, and also send these girls home. Like that's what we want. <laughs> send these girls home. Literally. So, so Bianca and I, when Cornbread got hurt, Bianca and I kind of checked out of the season because we loved her. Loved her. 
And I didn't even know that she got hurt until like I had watched the episode later. And I think I was on a text with like Isaiah and Rosie and they were like, Cornbread. I was like, bitch, what? And then I was like, what? I can't go on. I, 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 I can't. I can't go on. <laughs> it's been very hard. It was devastating. But that was my winner. Literally. Period. That's it. That's it. Okay, so so the question is, once Corn got hurt, who did you shift your allegiance to, or did you? So I had, you know, I'm always rooting for everybody black, <laughs> and so, so this, is Bianca. <laughs> <laughs> period. Um, so this season was everybody black and Willow. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So as you know, Blake, so much of these winners are political. And I still think that RuPaul chose so many Black winners in a row because she wanted to let these white people online know, hey, girl, hey, you can keep trying it. I see you. I hear you. I see this racism. And I'm going to pick Black girls until I get tired of picking Black girls. And so I think that's why she picked so many Black people in a row. I want to talk to you about Jada's win over Old Girl in a second. We'll come back to that. Um, so when you think about this being in the context of not only their talents, but the, but the politics of the show, what does that tell you about who she might pick? And is this going to be a dual winner? Because she's got five choices. So is this the year that she picks two winners in the main season? I think she will pick a winner. I'm leaning towards Lady Camden as that winner. Um, I love Lady Camden. I love, I love Lady Camden. I also think Willow has a very, very, very strong shot. And I think because of the politics of the season, I think she needs a person of trans experience as a winner of a main season. Because Kylie, no shade to Kylie, I've met her, she's lovely. Kylie kind of felt like a toss away winner. I agree. I didn't watch, I didn't watch her season all the way through, but I, in retrospect, it was, it's now obvious that she was going to win, though I'm still surprised that they didn't give it to um, the elephant queen. I'm blanking on her name. Eureka. Uh, Eureka. Um, okay. So let me ask you this. Um, is the format for this finale, as far as you know, the same as it's been the past few years where they spin a wheel and they, they, they have like a lip sync off? <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember what, I, I don't remember what the format is for the finale. I only say it like, because if the format is what it's used, is what it's been the past like four or five years, I don't know that Lady, Cam I don't know that I will put my money on Lady Camden in that format. Um, really? Because in that format, they don't know who they're competing against until the- And they don't know the they, song. And okay, okay, okay. Is Lady Camden the best performer out of this group of girls? I don't know that she's the best performer. Uh, I would say yes. And when she told Bosco, when Bosco was like, do you think had we lip synced to this other song, you would have sent me home? And she said, absolutely. I was like, Lady Camden's that girl. But she's going to do a fan kick and a couple splits and we're going to get tired of seeing it. But- I think I don't see anybody as a lip syncer in this group better than Camden. Are you surprised that Georges didn't make it to the finale? Because it's obvious to me that Rue loved her. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised. I don't see how you can put somebody in the finale who's been in the bottom four or five times. Do you like, not remember the year they dragged um, um, uh, Silky all the way through the season? She was horrible for most of it. And they just, RuPaul just decided that she wanted her in the finale. Big <laughs> Silk with the good old milk. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
do you don't you don't think that there's too much saturation with Drag Race? So I don't even know how many spinoffs we have now. We're growing up on All Star Seven. Um, they have so many crowns in so many different countries. To your point, we've had a we've had an episode of Drag on TV somewhere or on Paramount Plus somewhere for like three years in a row. At what point is it just too much? I think it's too much now. Um, so like as I'm trying to watch. This season, Espana is also happening, and then the winter season will happen shortly. It's just, it's a, it's a lot, and the format hasn't changed really since, like, season, since Sasha Velour won. Um, and so it just kind of feels like we don't have enough time to really fall in love with the winner. Um, you know, like, when I think about Simone and Jada, like, we didn't really have time to, like, fall in love with them after their season. Uh in the ways that I think, you know, we fell in love with Bianca or we fell in love with Violet Chachki even. Um, so I do think it's a bit much, you know, we, you got, there's an, I think Canada season two is coming soon. UK two happened. Uh, we're having, I think Sweden is next. So it's just, it's drag, drag, drag. It feels even when we just mentioned all of the seasons, all of the spinoffs, it makes me think of America's Next Top Model. When they did the same thing, where there were like multiple in all of the places and all of the countries, and then where is it now? Exactly. <laughs> um, you mentioned her name. Does Jada's win hold up to you? <laughs> it does. It does. I liked Jada a lot on her season, and I think people anticipated that Gigi was going to win, but once you found out that Gigi had a ton of support, um in the background to help her create what she created don't all the girls do jada had her man (laughs) and Gigi had a uh so she was allegedly living in like this this kind of commune of of other artists so she had a bunch of other people who were able to help her create the space but that doesn't fair but that does not erase her performance on the show in the season. And what what I really dislike about the finale, this and, I'll, and this goes to me all the way back to when Shea Coulee didn't win in her in her regular season. What pisses me off is that you have winners each week in the regular season. They do well or they not do well. And then when we get to the finale, it's like none of that matters. It's like literally anyone in the finale can win the crown. And I guess my point was that Gigi's her body of work to me was better than Jada's. Now, Jada's great. I'm not saying that that she's not good. I love Jada. She's one of the few people that I follow from Drag Race because I don't like to follow all of them. And I would even go so far as to say that she won the finale. Does the finale win? Does she win the finale by enough to overcome what I thought was a superior season from Gigi? That's the question. I think so. Oh. I think so. I mean, I, I think when I watch, I think the only thing I was really impressed by with with Gigi's finale performance was the transformation of uh, Dorothy from, you know, pigtails to, I thought that was beautiful and stunning. Um, but I think Jada's body of work to me was also significant, was 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 excellent. You know, I, I still think about, look over there as like, <laughs> like, I just, she was, she was iconic to me. Um, but then I think, you know, I know Bianca, you made a face about, you know, I think how we all love Simone. I don't know that Simone's win lives up as much for me. Shut your face. (laughs) 
I don't know who you are. It's time for me to hang out. I don't either, because Simone could get all the... Who else oh. would you have crowned over Simone? Oh. That, that woman with that kabuki theater makeup on her face? <laughs> Simone was every... Who? Who would it have been? So I think in that season, it's Simone, but like, you know, I think I, I love Drag Race when the girls actually had to have drag queen skills. And so you had to like make outfits, you had to host a show, you had to lips, you had to do all of the things. And I think Simone, for lack of better words, is really a great hanger. Uh, and, you know, she she does some good lip syncs. I got to see Simone live in Arkansas uh, for Arkansas Black Pride, which I'm surprised you weren't at Isaiah, but anyway um <laughs> so i got this simone but like she's great but when i think about is she is she bianca is she raja is she but to be to bianca's point who would you have crowned if not her i don't even know who else was in the finale exactly you can't even call their names because they were who people. candy muse no ma'am no we're not <laughs> Okay, and, then. <laughs> and again, I don't even know how she got that far. There was just some choices were made. Okay, Blake, last thing about Drag Race. So we're going to do this uh, All-Star 7 with only winners. People have been clamoring for it forever. I guess, it was it just logistically too hard to have all the winners there, you think? Or their calendars didn't line up? What do we know about how we ended up with these seven girls? Well, I, from what Bob, I think, released a statement that said that they weren't asked. Um, I think Bianca probably makes too much money <laughs> on drag race. So it's like, why would I financially take the time off to do this when like I make a crap ton of coin elsewhere? Um, and so I think that, they, that that's probably part, part of some of the dynamics. It's like you take six months off to do drag race and you spend a lot of money to go do drag race. And it's like, if you don't win drag race, you're in debt. <laughs> and if Shade doesn't win, will you join me and Bianca when we burn everything down? I will uh I will help pour the gasoline, but I have my I have my money off somebody else. Ooh. Do you Ooh. Wanna, who do you do you wanna say? I have my money on Jinx Monsoon. <laughs> over the over the group of girls they have you pick Jinx Monsoon? <laughs> I have my money on Jinx. Okay. I, I wasn't going to ask you any more questions, but I have to, how, what, where do you see it? I don't see it. I just, I think because Rue likes funny and like, like character funny, I think Jinx is, Jinx has an edge over a lot of the girls in terms of being like character funny. It will be interesting to see the presence of Raja in this field, I think is the wild card because Raja is smart Raja is quick-witted and we know she's got the sewing and and the and the like the fashion skills. So I'm trying to think when you go back to her season, what didn't she excel in? Like like she was even good in Snatch Game and Snatch Game is hard as hell for most of these girls. So I would put Raja up there in contention. I like Monet, but Monet's fashions are always bad. Like I would even go so far as to say horrible. So I don't think she's going to be able to hold a candle to these girls when the, when the sewing machines come out. And so to me, I could see Jinx going far. I think it's Raja's going far with Jinx and, Sh and Shay. And um, what's the queen that won with, with, with Monet that she's real pretty, the white girl? Tr don't sleep on, on Trinity. Trinity is a professional in the way. <laughs> a lot of these girls like to say they're professional. Trinity is going to be there for one thing, and that is that crown. She's the other one. Like, I mean, I want to put my, I want to, 
put Shay in that conversation. But I think Trinity, for me, is Trinity and James. And I, I, I love Shay more than I love those two girls. But I think that they will do better in this competition than Shay does. How can we find out about your podcast, the name? We just got into the things and just skipped over the name. Where can we listen? All that good stuff. So you can find the panel. It's, that's the name. It's called The Panel um, on YouTube. Uh, and the sort of host of that is Maddie Rance. Um, that is their drag, their, not drag, their uh, YouTube name. I go by the name Blake Keisha on that podcast. <laughs> Come on, Blake Keisha. I love it. <laughs> Um, and so we we air that or we shoot that live on Sundays for between five and seven Eastern on YouTube. Um, we engage the sort of audience who watches also. So like we highlight comments in the chat, etc. Um, so that's happening this Sunday, and we will discuss the finale and then also the Espana looks, I believe. Please Love tell it. me that y'all have dressed at least once for this show. In drag. Yes. What what other dresses would there be? <laughs> we have not yet gotten there. However, we are thinking of doing something at DragCon Live. Uh, so I can't give you more details about that. Um, but we we will see what happens around May 12th. Love it. Absolutely love it. So I'm I'm gonna go listen to your podcast, and I wish I had known because I love Drag Race. I love you, obviously. Now, are you concerned that Barbara Walters is gonna be suing y'all because the panel and the view? Do y'all sit in a semicircle? <laughs> the real, the it's so many. I mean, we sit just like this, which I guess is kind of how the view was for you know the first year and a half of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like this. Love it. Love it, All right. love it, love it. Blakeisha, what what was it, Blakeisha? Blakeisha. Blakeisha, thanks for joining us here at the Warden Webster Podcast. <laughs> we are professional and buttoned up and very serious. It's so good to see you. <laughs> so good to see you, Isaiah. And thank you, Bianca and Isaiah, for having me. This was so much fun. All right, Bianca, you want to get us out of here? <laughs> what a time. <laughs> what a time. Come on, Blakeisha. I just, I... <laughs> I love, 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 love. I am definitely going to check out the panel because, and I have to catch up on this season because, again, once cornbread, I didn't have anything left to give, but I will be watching. Um, so let's wrap it on up. Read with us. I hope you are reading the Ward and Webster Beauty Shop Book Club book, The Preacher's Son by Carl Weber. We will be discussing it next week. I am finished. It was. I'm only a third of the way. How did you read it so fast? I listened. <laughs> I oh, she didn't y'all read it, listen. y'all. She just, she, girl, bye. I had, I had to, I had to listen because I was like, well, I got to get into this, and um, <laughs> I found it on some audiobook platform where it was like free trial for seven days. I was like, yep, because I'm not giving y'all my money. <laughs> All the more reason why I listened so quickly. Bianca, you didn't even <laughs> support the author. I did support the author. I bought the book. Oh, okay. You bought the book. Okay, <laughs> I, I bought the book and then I was like, mm, this is kind of thick. It is. <laughs> <laughs> this book is a, I cannot wait to have the conversation because I want to talk about characters, plot twists, the whole nine. Um, I hope y'all are reading because this is definitely beauty shop worthy. Um, send your, here you go again. Send your words from the wonders 
also known as wonderisms. That's going to be my next wonder poll. What do people think it should be called? To wardenwebster at gmail.com. The new segment drops for the first time next week, so you don't want to miss it. Please send us your questions, your comments, things you want us to discuss on the air. We want to hear from you. We want to, we want to answer the questions, our own little mailbag situation. So please do that. They're called wonderisms. Wonderisms. Words from the wonders. You can't even say, the fact that you say wonderisms, but you call them wanders all the time confuses me. So the one time you get it right, it's still wrong. You know what? You know what? I don't have to explain myself to her. No, you don't. <laughs> I can say what the hell I want. The wanders know who really loves them and who's trying to name the segment after them. And it's me. Moving on. <sighs> Carry on. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and Facebook at wardandwebster.com. Tell us you, what you want us to know, feel, and do. Continue to engage because it is a tickle. Y'all, Isaiah is in a turtleneck. And the only reason I am willing <laughs> to let it slide is because he's somewhere in a colder climate because I am confused. <sighs> and the turtleneck has thumb holes at the end of the sleeves. What is happening right now? <laughs> anyway, visit us at wardenwebster.com. Uh, new episodes every Saturday there on the website or literally wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us, continue to share with us. I haven't even asked where we are with the amount of downloads, but I feel like we are creeping to 6,000 and I am getting super hyped. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As always, for putting up with this here foolishness. I am Bianca Ward. And I'm Isaiah Webster. Thanks for listening, and we are out. Bye.